Welcome back to How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast brought to you by these three rooms. Hi, I am Lindsay Blair. Thank you for joining me again. I'm your host and editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and these3rooms.com. And today I'm getting my head into bathroom design and chatting all things wet rooms with a designer who knows a thing or two about beautiful bathrooms. Now, wet rooms is a bit of a double-sided topic. Number one, because as we'll find out, a true wet room is one of those spaces where literally every surface is waterproof as the shower isn't enclosed. But because number two, modern bathroom inventions and product innovations now mean you can achieve the look of a true wet room, but with a little bit more practicality. So we'll find out a bit more about that, which I'm all for because I don't want to spend my evenings and mornings mopping up wetness from all around the bathroom. And I certainly don't want a soggy loo roll. So today you'll find out about the differences between the true wet room and the more modest wet room solution what goes into installation and how that might affect the cost of your bathroom. Plus the fun bit, how to make a wet room bathroom look like something out of a luxurious spa brochure. I can picture it now. Not a mop in sight, I tell you. Well, probably because there's lots of clever storage, but we'll get onto that on another episode, I'm sure. So without further ado, let's get onto it. planning your new kitchen or bathroom head on over to these three rooms.com forward slash project planner kit to download your free bundle of extremely useful helpers this includes a handy budget tracker an ebook on how to find the trades you'll need and what to expect from them including a kitchen designer and a bathroom designer and loads more trackers and planners and mood board and inspiration in there as well. So do check it out. It's totally free. All you need to do is pop onto these3rooms.com forward slash project planner kit and fill in a few details. Okay, welcome to the podcast to the lovely interior designer, Karen Oliver. Hello. Hi, Lindsay. How are you today? Where are you joining me from? Um, I'm based in Richmond, West London. Lovely to join you. Lovely to have you. Now, I've been stalking your Instagram and have spotted some gorgeous bathrooms on there. Plus, we've recently featured a beautiful bedroom bathroom in a loft conversion in the magazine that you designed, which is absolutely stunning. And I swooned over it. And that particular bathroom is actually quite apt for today's conversation because it had a large shower area in a relatively small bathroom and they really made the most of that sort of shower zone in that bathroom um for the listeners you'll be able to have a look at that bedroom bathroom project on at kbb magazine on instagram so do go on there and have a look but karen what i want to know is what is it about wet room bathrooms or wet room style bathrooms that are so appealing do you think and when i say wet room style i'm thinking bathrooms that have that large shower area in them yes I think they're very current and really really stylish and very much a contemporary look I think people want that luxurious feel in their home they want that spa like hotel feeling and it does give you a big sense of space so all in all I think it's a good solution in both the small and big bathrooms 
Yeah, I think one of the things that was demonstrated in that bathroom that you designed and we featured in the magazine, it was a the bathroom was in a loft conversion, so it had a sloping ceiling and you managed to put quite a large shower area in there, didn't you? Yes, that was very much about the spatial planning um, and creating false walls to create the new space within the room. And so you had the full height for the shower. So um, yeah, it took a lot of planning, but um, it was worth it in the end. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get on to sort of how to create the space for that amazing shower room. Now, I mentioned in a previous episode, that episode was on freestanding baths, that I much prefer a shower. So this episode, and hopefully what you're going to tell me, I'm going to make a lot of notes. It's going to be right up my street. So shall we really start talking about wet rooms? What is a true wet room when we say that term? Yeah, a true wet room really is a shower room without any barriers to getting in. So the most obvious difference is the wet room doesn't have a separate shower tray that you step into. So instead, the flooring, the tiles or the stone continues on the same level through into the shower area. And then that floor slopes away to allow the water to drain. So that's kind of the true wet room. And the shower can be fully open in the rest of the room. But often, just to avoid splashing, really, you can include a shower screen. So it's just that walk-in feeling. But if you have a shower screen in a true wet room, as you say, you probably wouldn't have a shower tray. No, exactly. And it's, it's not having that visible shower tray and having the floor extending into the wet area that really is making it the wet room. And it's that look. Okay, so the difference really is in the, the floor and in the tray. Yes. Okay, I got you. So what scenario is a true wet room a good idea? Well, one obviously is the design aesthetic, if that's the look that you're going for. And I think people have seen it in lovely spas and, and hotels and places like that. But also, um, from a practical point of view, accessibility So though it's really good for people with mobility issues because there are no changes in the level. Also sort of reducing trip hazards. So that's also quite practical. But again, from the aesthetic point of view, um, it can really make the space feel larger because the floor is continuous. And if you have a wall-hung loo and a wall-hung basin, that really even accentuates it even further. And it could be said that there's an increase in property value But again, it really depends on the building, the lifestyle of the client, that sort of thing. But there's lots of reasons why it might be a good idea. I've seen a few projects where there might be a wet room, shower room on the ground floor, maybe, you know, near a utility room or, you know, somewhere on the ground floor, which is one really accessible, or it might be part of like a granny annex or something like that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Because um, those accessibility issues are really crucial. Um, And again, it's all down to the planning, really. What sort of work is involved then? Because, you know, when you talk about putting in a a shower enclosure, you know, you can sort of visualise how that's going to work. But if we're talking about making the whole floor, the shower tray in effect, what is there a lot of work involved in that? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing really is that actually what you don't see once it's finished are part of the most important parts, really, the key elements And that's down to really good planning, good materials and very crucially good workmanship. So you do need a professional fitter because you need to waterproof the room. Um, And if it's not done properly, water damage is just awful. And the problem with wet room failure is that it's not always obvious straight away. 
So it's not like a massive leak necessarily. It could be very gradual and that could just lead to rot and mold and unpleasant things like that. So um, you really need to get it done professionally. And I think that's the key the key message really, get a professional fitter to waterproof the, the room. And there's lots of different ways of doing that. Tanking is a term that you might hear if you are thinking about having a wet room in your home. Tanking is sort of the term that you probably hear, right? And that, in effect, means fully waterproofing the room. Tanking, that really is the method of waterproofing the space. And there's lots of different products that are out there that can be used. Liquid applied membranes or sheet membranes or various different products that your professional fitter will suggest it's suitable for your space. But the key thing is that it's not just the floor, it's where the floor and the wall meet. So there's lots of things that you need to consider because you need to tank the original structure and you need to consider the seals between all those different junctions. And that's the junctions between the floors and the walls, the drains, the sanitary ware. Everything needs to be sealed really, really well. Now, what I'm thinking is this sounds like a lot of work. Is it going to be a lot of money? Yes. I think there's there's two things to consider here. There's, yes, definitely more work involved from a fitting perspective, but also just in terms of tiling in a full wet room, you'd need to tile really floor to ceiling on all the walls. Whereas in, in another shower setup, you could just be tiling inside the shower area or maybe behind the loo or or um, a small splashback. So even just the cost of the tiles themselves is adding more expense. Mm-hmm. Is there a percentage or an average of how much more expensive? I know it's really tricky to say that because it's so variable. Yeah, I think it is very variable because even, you know, tile costs themselves are going to be more expensive. So I couldn't really be that specific. Um, you need to get a proper quote. I guess one of my top tips is people like to spend their money on the beautiful things that they see and feel and touch at the end of a project and don't necessarily want to to spend money on the installer but actually that's going to be the crucial thing here unfortunately you do need to really invest well on your professional and that's probably the key thing yeah I mean as well as the waterproofing which is you know the most important thing probably the next most important thing is the actual drainage and making sure the drainage of your wet room is in tip-top condition oh gosh definitely and again there's loads of things to consider You probably want to put your drain furthest from the door, really, which is a good top tip. But also, um, it does depend on your subfloor, which way the joists are running, that sort of thing. But then from the aesthetic look, um, there's different things to consider. You might like the linear drain, which is really smart and subtle, and that can just go um, near a wall. And that works really well with sort of large format tiles, very contemporary look. Or you could have a central drain where the tiles fall off into that central point so there's so many different things to consider and I think it's getting the detail right that is quite crucial yeah and finding a a company or a a specialist really to help you achieve this project because there are so many things to think about you mentioned fall there that's probably another jargon that you might have oh sorry yeah (laughs) no it's good because I think Fall is probably something you will hear bathroom retailers and designers talking about. And that's basically where the water is falling down a slope towards the drain, right? Exactly. You need to create that um, that very gradual slope that, that sends the water in the direction of the drain and it doesn't pool. 
So if you have a really smart linear drain, you just need to fall into it along that length, really. Whereas if you have a central drain, you can imagine you need to have more tile cuts to create that fall into the drain. Again, that's another thing we need to think about from an aesthetic point of view. Yeah, the last thing you want is padding around in an inch of water yes. once you've had a shower. You, what you need to make sure the water is actually going somewhere. Exactly. Oh, and on that point, actually, another kind of thing to think about is the flow rate of the drain. People want these lovely, powerful showers, uh, especially waking up in the morning. It's always really nice to have a power shower. But you need to make sure that your drain, because you don't want it to flood. So the flow rate of the drain has to be more than the output of the shower. So again, there's so many things you need to think about. Because if you don't get it right, yeah, you'd be standing there in mucky water. That's not much fun. How can you find out the flow rate of the the drain versus the the flow rate of the shower? That's going to be looking at all the technical specifications of the different products. So that's when it's really good to employ somebody to, to do all that work for you. Now, I mentioned in my intro earlier about soggy loo roll. Yes. And that's something that nobody wants, as well as padding around in water. And I guess the layout of the wet room bathroom is something to consider as well, because you don't want that water going everywhere and making your loo roll soggy. No, definitely not. So that's where often you might have a fixed glass panel. So you would still have the wet room look. So the feel of the bathroom is this wet room look that you could still have your fixed glass panel and you just walk around into the shower. And that sort of contains the water within a certain area. So I think that's probably a good solution, especially in smaller spaces. You could do the same thing with a partition wall. So again, you still have the walk-in feeling. And storage, obviously, is the other important point getting your storage right in your bathroom. Whatever your bathroom setup is, is that's going to be crucial. I guess in terms of storage and, you know, the overall design aesthetic of a wet room, keeping things as minimal and sleek as possible is probably the best way to go. Do you, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love storage. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so nice to get everything put away and everything has its place. And then um, you're keeping it all minimal and sleek. And I think that's the general look of a wet room. Yeah, it's much easier to clean as well. An added bonus. Definitely. So if doing all of this, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of work. It's, you know, a higher budget, arguably, than a than another sort of shower setup. If that's going to stretch the budget too far, can you create that wet room feel, but in a more modest way? Oh, definitely. There's lots of what's called low profile shower trays on the market these days if you imagine it just not having very much height to it so again it's a lot of it's in the in the planning of your bathroom and talking to your installer but if you can set that more or less flush with the finished floor tiles it might be fractionally different but more or less flush with the floor tiles you get that seamless transition and so that gives you that feeling of space again Is it a good idea to then have the tile first as well as when you're looking for the shower tray to look at the tile so you can get the depth matching? Yes. What I always say to my clients is let's look at the project as a whole. If we can specify everything in one go, then we know it's all going to work really nicely together. So again, it kind of comes down to good planning rather than sort of suddenly seeing some wonderful tiles on sale or something going quick, I'm going to grab those and then they just, it doesn't work. So I think it is down to planning. 
What's the sort of minimum shower tray that you can get in your experience? Like a 25ml shower tray works quite nicely. Right, so that is really, really flush, isn't it? It is, yeah. And then other ways of doing it is you could make your shower tray more of a standout feature. So now you don't have to even just have white shower trays. You could decide that you're going to have a colour or um, match it more with your tiles. Or also, if you're going to have stone, you could have a bespoke carved stone tray. And so all of those issues that we talked about, the drainage and the incline, is all built within the stone shower tray. And it could be the same stone that you then use as your floor tiles. So you're creating that look of a seamless floor, but reducing the sort of practicalities of the install. I mean, for me, you know, that sounds very luxurious, that example. And for me, really, the the luxury of a wet room or a wet room style bathroom is having that really generous sized shower area. I think the sh- it's all about the shower, isn't it, when we talk about wet room? You know, forget the bath for this scenario. So can you go too big is what I'm trying to get at. Is there a sort of maximum size that you should allocate to your shower? I think it depends because some people might want, for example, double shower heads if you're going really luxurious or water um, shower jets. I've, I've had a client wanted in their shower before. So it does really depend. I think if you want a walk-in shower, so you have that kind of wet room feeling, you really want to have a length of probably about a metre and a half to be able to walk through and have a fixed panel and not have all the splashing. I don't think I've ever come across a scenario where we've said a shower's just too big. Yeah, I mean, if you love a shower, you know, go as big as you want. Yeah, exactly. And then obviously, if there's some tips for if you if you don't have much space and you've got to have a small shower, things like, for example, having a fixed shower head and concealed valves, so all the pipe works in, in the walls, and so you have the minimal amount of stuff on the walls. It just gives you a bit more, you know, moving space when you're in there that you're not you know, jostling with one of those slider things or anything like that. So I think keep the controls and everything as minimal as possible. And that, as you say, will help maximise all of the space and almost trick the eye if you pair it with the wall hung fittings, as you mentioned, trick the eye into thinking that there is a bit more space. Exactly, yeah. If you have the option to build niches into your shower to store your shower products, then again, you don't have to worry about, you know, shower caddies and things like that that are just going to get in the way. Yeah, keeping the look really slick again, isn't it? You mentioned tiles before. I want to just go back to that because obviously... There are so many tiles available and actually it can be quite overwhelming um, if you're in the market for tiles. There's so many colours, patterns, materials, you name it. But really for bathrooms, whether that's a wet room or, you know, any bathroom really with a shower or a bath in it, you want to look for anti-slip floor tiles, don't you? That's really important. Yes, definitely. In fact, you also have to consider if you are definitely having the walk-in area tiled as well because you those have to be even more anti-slip than just in the ordinary bathroom area so that is something you do need to think about and that's something again your sort of expert can help you with because you need to consider either the R rating or the pendulum test so that's probably getting all a bit technical but it is something that any tiling supplier can help help with. 
The R rating should be listed, shouldn't it, on the products? So if you are browsing online, the R rating is the level of anti-slip. What sort of scale does that go from very roughly? Well, if you're in the bathroom generally on the floor, you'd want an R rating of about R9. But within this, a wet area, you, you, I think you'd go up to about R10. But it can, feel a, it can start feeling a little bit abrasive. So one, another good solution in the, in the wet area is to have mosaics. And you often see that. And that's partly because you've got um, more grout. So you've got that bit more definition and a bit more grip there. So that can be a good solution. I see. So because there's sort of the mosaic tiles themselves have a bit more sort of texture to them, that's acting as the anti-slip. Yes, and all the grout. And also, going back to we were talking about creating that fall to the drain where you'd have to cut the tiles to create those sort of angles that can work well with mosaics because it's all disguised because obviously they're so small that you're not really going to see that difference in levels so much. We're getting into the finishes aren't we and the tiles and the colours and the mosaics and as I mentioned there are so many tiles and colours and textures and everything out there but you can really bring some oomph to your shower area can't you if you do have a screen there's some really nice screens out there with various different frames as well as the tray as you mentioned there's colored trays available now do you want to just talk a bit about how we might introduce some of those design elements into a bathroom yeah definitely so i think with your shower screen you either want to go as frameless as possible and so it really is just you're looking through it your beautiful tiles or you decide to make it an important element of the design so again you can have different frames so black or using different metals thinking about the door even and um, if you do decide to have a shower enclosure you don't have to just have it hinged it could be sliding you can have pivot doors and um, there's so many different options the pivot door is quite a good one for minimizing the splashing isn't it so you could have a little pivot um sort of at one end of the shower screen so not the whole screen I mean and you can sort of angle that slightly to minimize the splash and get in out exactly that could work well yeah now not to mention the amazing array of brassware that's available so the taps and the shower fittings you mentioned the the fitted showers there before um so you could have that in the ceiling or in the wall and have everything else concealed but again there are so many finishes and everything available where do you even start? How do you choose what you want in your wet room? Yeah, there are so many, so many different finishes, so many different brands. I think one of the first things to really consider is the finish, regardless of the brand. So chrome is is the kind of original choice. And what is quite useful about chrome is that you can kind of mix and match across different brands and chrome is going to always look the same as soon as you want to do something a bit more interesting perhaps brush nickel brush stainless steel brush brass you do have to be a bit careful about mixing brands and that would be kind of the big caveat about choosing a different finish doesn't mean to say you can't and you can't just stick to one brand but it is something to be aware of and they do tend to be more expensive so again depending on your budget so if, if you want to say a rose gold or a copper or, you know, one of these specialist finishes, is it really tricky to mix the brands because they might just have slightly different shades? Yeah. So I think it's fine if you decide you're going to make a standout feature of one element. You're probably going to use the same brand for your brassware, for your taps, 
your shower valves, that sort of thing. But then it's kind of the little details you need to think about. So for example, on your shower glass, you'll have hinges. And so quite likely the company that you're getting your your taps from won't necessarily also supply shower glass or shower frames. And so things like those hinges and handles might be slightly different or things like the bath waste, you know, some, some of the little details. So that it's, all, it's all things to think about. So for a really slick look and a really sort of polished finish, it's the aim is to match those hinges and the handles to the finishes of the, the tap and the shower fitting. So I think to have that slick finish, it's nice to have the same metal finish across your all different elements within your shower room. Unless, of course, you want to make a standout feature of a particular item. So you might have a standalone vanity or whatever that is quite different. Again, it's all in the design, really. And personal choice as well. What's the main question if you are asked to do a wet room for a client? What's the main question that they might ask you to start off with? Probably the layout is the most crucial thing. And that's what we would spend a lot of time on really thinking about planning the space, best use of the space, regardless of what fittings we go on to choose later. That's kind of the first stage. And I think briefly, as we mentioned before, screening off potentially the loo from the shower or trying to keep the shower and the loo as far away from each other as possible. Now, I'm excited because this sounds great and it sounds very achievable and I love a shower and I love the idea of a really luxurious walk-in shower. So I've decided I want one. What do I do first? What do I do now? Oh, speak to an expert, I think. (laughs) Do lots of research on the things you like. Look at the things you like, things you don't like are always just as important, I always find, when I talk to my clients, because you get a good feel for what the end result's going to be from discussing what you don't like as much as what you do like. Think about the style, and like I said, the layout, that's the crucial thing, and make sure that you use an expert installer. Brilliant. Now, I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So what is your golden rule for bathroom design, generally speaking? Oh, I would say, well, I've got a few. <laughs> One of them would definitely be like I, I sort of do go on about is the, is the layout. And then not to forget all of the other things that are important. So not just the sanitaryware and brassware, but lighting, underfloor heating, planning the tiling layout earlier so that you can really plan accordingly because you might decide in slightly different proportions for things depending on the tiles you've chosen. And don't forget, it is a big investment. So you might decide not to be too adventurous with some of the colours, but you can really add texture. And that's something I like to do with different tiles all in the same colour palette. Um, And then one of the other things is just to think about, you know, you might want to consider sustainability and the life cycle of the products you've chosen. And that's probably a whole new topic. (laughs) But um, (laughs) basically, there's a lot to think about in a bathroom. Yeah, there really is. And I think all of that for me would fall under take your time and really think about everything from the tiles to the colour of the hinges on your shower screen. Really spend the time researching it before diving headfirst into creating a new bathroom. Now, Karen, thank you so much. All that's left to say really is thank you for coming on the podcast to talk to me about all things wet rooms excellent advice so for anyone who is thinking about having a wet room I'm sure that will have been of great help to them 
Where can people find you online? Oh, thanks, Lindsay. It's been lovely to talk to you. Yes. So my website is karenoliver.co.uk and Instagram, Karen Oliver Design. Brilliant. Well, great. Thank you very much again. And hopefully I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, Lindsay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much to Karen Oliver there. Really enjoyed that chat and so much information, but that is not a bad thing. And as you probably gained from that chat, planning a wet room bathroom or any bathroom for that matter really, really does take time and effort. And finding that right expert to help you, that right installer is absolutely crucial, particularly if you are going to go down the full wet room route. Now, the difference between a true wet room, as we discussed, and a more of a shower enclosure lies in the floor. So if you are going for a true wet room, you have to make sure that the entire room is tanked or fully waterproofed. Whereas a shower enclosure type bathroom, you could have a great big wet room style shower that's more of a walk-in, but you won't necessarily have to tile and waterproof the entire floor because the tray that the shower sits on will be doing that for you. I love the idea of going big though. I mean, as I said, I'm all for a shower and that luxurious spa style walk-in shower with big overhead rainfall showers is my idea of heaven. So great advice there. And as always, if you do have any questions about wet rooms or home renovations in general, get in touch with me on hello at these three rooms.com. Don't forget to follow KBB Magazine on all your social media channels and look out for that loft bedroom bathroom suite that Karen designed on there. It's a beautiful blue and cream scheme and there's a lovely bathroom in the loft in there as well. For now, thank you so much for listening. Join me next time for more of how to buy a kitchen or bathroom. The podcast. The podcast.